I'm Misty. And I'm Ike. The next 15 minutes, we're going to debate pop culture. My background's in music. My background's in film. I know the topics beforehand. And I don't. We check the internet for the facts. And ruin it with opinions. From pop rocks in your lunchbox. To Happy Meal toys and swatch clocks. Hello, Sally. Hello, Jack. (laughs) How are you? I'm acceptable. (laughs) I accept you. I am acceptable. I was going to say exceptional and it didn't come out right. Acceptable. (laughs) So it came out acceptable. (laughs) Oh, was your little pumpkin not on for the last one? I forgot to turn it on. So if they... We'll have to redo it. No, I don't think so. But welcome to Halloween Town. Hello, Halloweeners. Hello, Halloweenies. <laughs> Leave a comment and tell us if you like wieners or weenies better. I think weenies is just funny. I like saying wieners. Because you're a boy. You like to talk about wieners. Well, they both mean the same thing. No, weenie is somebody that's a wuss. So is a wiener. No, wiener is your... Uh-huh. Yeah, that thing. Yes. That's a wiener. That is a wiener. A weenie is a wuss. A wuss. A sucker. A person that is not brave. <laughs> what shall we talk about today? I want to talk about Urban Legends today. Ooh, the movie? Um, I love Urban Legend, the movie. That was a pretty I good one. I may go home and watch it tonight. It was. I don't remember it being that scary either. Um, It has its moments. There's like four, three. How many Urban Legend movies? Um, I only watched the first one. Ooh, then you're in for a treat. You know that that has one of our favorite podcasters in it, right? I cannot type in, in this mask. Um, who? Michael Rosenbaum. Oh, yeah. Michael Rosenbaum is in it, as well as Josh Jackson and Rebecca Gayhart and Natasha Wagner. Wow, how do I remember these things? I don't know. I don't even have that up in front of me. I really don't. I just remember these things. Guess how much money Urban Legend made at the box office. How much? $72.5 million. Wow. That's yeah. impressive. It came out in uh, 98. Right. I'm going to meow now. I think you should meow. <clears throat> My face recognition is not working. I can't imagine why. I mean, that that's your face. We need a we need a meow sound on here so I can just be like, meow. I actually do. Yeah. Okay, we have we'll, meow. We'll work on that later. Yeah. So, Urban Legends. Urban legends are generally those stories that circulate around like you'll be sitting around a campfire or you'll be, you know, a Friday night with a bunch of friends. And it always starts with, I know this guy who's cousin or I oh, know. Yeah. This yeah. has to be true because my cousin it's, saw a guy who knows the real dude right. who worked at the gas station. Yeah, right. that kind Which of Which indicates at that point that it's a story that's been passed down and passed around. You know, and translated from person to person to person. Mm-hmm. So if you kind of break that down, what's what's great about that is that a lot of urban legends aren't actually true. No. They're stories that have been created to warn someone about bad behavior. So essentially, you know, like, oh, you know, one of the big, huge urban legends is the couple that goes out parking out in the woods and they hear like scraping on the top of the car and the guy gets out and he gets murdered. Basically, what that's doing is that's telling a young girl, don't go and be promiscuous with your boyfriend. Right. Like that's the sex kills. Right. Right. So what I want to talk about is 
There are a lot of those urban legends. Which ones actually came from real stories? Like, is there a kidney-stealing cult out there, or does that mean don't buy a hooker? Weird. Because that story always starts with a guy goes to a bar and sees a pretty girl, and she invites him back to her hotel room, but she ends up being a hooker, and then they get in, and there's, like, two dudes, and they steal his kidney. Is that true? Like, is there a kidney-stealing cult? I hope so. I hope so too. So I got to take. Don't buy hookers. I got to take Jack off. I d- I understand. <laughs> I do. That was a joke. No, I I I get it. That's hard to wear, man. I, it's got to be hot under there. It's not. It's well, I'm so used to smelling my own breath this year from wearing other masks. It's right. just uh, I can't type in my urban legend stuff. Okay, that's but, fair uh, too. I mean, I've got one. Okay, tell me. The uh, you probably heard that on the 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 poo. Hubla Tunnels, P U E B L A City. Citizens of Puebla, 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 Colorado. I'm a good pronunciator. You're a good pronunciator. <laughs> Located in the southeast of Mexico, told folk tales about a mysterious network of tunnels hidden beneath the city. For hundreds of years, no such tunnels were ever found, so people assumed that they were nothing more than the stuff of legends. But then, da da da. But then, in 2015, mm-hmm. a construction crew discovered a very real tunnel beneath the city. Crews began excavating the site and eventually discovered around six miles of tunnels what? snaking under Puebla streets. So they were real. The tunnels, which are believed to have been constructed from the 16th century all the way through the 19th century, have been opened as tourist attractions today. On the other hand, there are some forbidden places no one will ever be allowed to visit. <laughs> You're a good reader of scary. I made half of that up. Um, have you ever heard of the Puebla tunnels? I haven't, that, and I, I that was like, kind of a shitty one, huh? Well, I mean, it, it doesn't really go along with the like. To me, urban legends are more like. The babysitter, you know, the calls coming from inside the house, <laughs> you know, things like that. I'm going to get you. Like that to me, that story actually would have gone really well in our space week of like mysterious spots. Oh, yeah. US. Let's find a time machine and zip it back into that episode. Or you know what? People could just go back to space week and listen to that episode and think right. about that story. Yes. Being a part of it. If you get too scared during Halloween week, go back to space week. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I got I got another one. Okay, but uh, do you have one while I read this proof for proofreading? Proofreading. Um, yeah, <laughs> I do. The store, the body, and the body that's under the bed. Ooh. You know, you you hear a lot of those stories of, you know, a vacationing couple like newlyweds or Disneyland guests that. You know, they go to a host- uh, a hotel and, you know, they're exhausted after getting there and they just fall immediately to sleep. And then they wake up and there's a terrible smell coming from under the bed or the mattress. Mm. And they, you know, slowly closer, you know, peek under the bed and there's a dead body. Where did it come from? <laughs> So this tale has actually been confirmed several times. At least a dozen newspaper stories have detailed hotel rooms that has doubled as body disposal sites. 
Oh. The smell is usually apparent right away, but at least one couple slept on a mattress containing a body in Atlantic City in 1999. Cases in Colorado, Florida, and Virginia have also been reported. So basically what they have done is they've cut the mattress open, emptied some of the stuffing out, shoved a dead body in it, and flipped it over and put it back on the bed. That doesn't seem like a very effective way to dispose of a body. Right? Hmm. Write that down. Okay. Put that on the list. Do not shove a dead body in a... Because, I mean, you have to register for the hotel room, and now they they just track you down. There's videos. Well, you have to steal a credit card first. Oh, yeah, that's true. Um, okay, have, hit me. Are you ready? Have you heard of one? Charlie No Face? No, tell me. This 20th century urban legend haunted residents of Pittsburgh. Hmm. I always have felt like Pittsburgh is super haunted anyway. Dude, most of, Pensil- most of Pennsylvania is messed. Yeah. Sorry, folks, if you live in Pennsylvania, but you need to move. I think it's all because of all of the Amish. <clears throat> so the legend has it. That a figure with a severely burned face lurked around an abandoned train tunnel Ooh, at night. I just got a chill. And for made real. electricity go haywire with his very presence. Oh my gosh. Curious teenagers would sneak out to the tunnel and try and catch a glimpse of him. Turns out, Charlie No Face was actually a real person. <gasps> but his name wasn't Charlie. <laughs> It was no face. It was. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. No Face. Excuse Misty me, will, Mr. No Face. Misty, we'll see Excuse you now. Me. Yeah. His name was Raymond Robinson. Why would you put that on the internet? Uh, but he did have a severe, uh, suffered a severe accident Aww. involving an electrical line that left him with a disfigured face. Because of this, he became a bit of a recluse, staying inside during the day and only venturing out at night. But he didn't do any haunting. In fact, he was friendly and would occasionally let curious teenagers take pictures with him in exchange for cigarettes. Oh. Raymond. Raymond. No face Charlie. That makes me, I don't know, it makes me sad for Raymond. Yeah. Um, have you ever heard of the Maine Hermit? I love this story. The Maine Hermit? Like, the, that's my Maine like Hermit my, right there. No, not like my Maine Man Hermit. <laughs> no, like the, the state Maine. Um, oh, of course. There has course. long been an urban legend um, about a hermit that lives in a forest in Maine. For decades, people who vacationed, it was like in the central part, I believe. Um, there's a, a giant lake or you know pond area. Things would go missing from where they were vacationing. Like they would go camping and like things would disappear out of their tents, like batteries and food and flashlights. So, you know, soon rumors started to spread that there was someone in the area that was clearly foraging for sustenance and for supplies. And nobody could ever really figure it out. But... Dun, dun, dun. For 27 years, a man named Christopher Knight lived alone in the woods. The Dark Knight. He kept tabs on hikers and Whoa. other temporary residents that were on the grounds. He was confronted by a game warden in 2013, and he admitted that he was responsible for an average of around 40 robberies a year of people staying at the campsites. Um, 
you know, and he had become just an urban legend. Like people are like, oh, I saw something lurking. And they're like, oh, it's just the hermit. <laughs> no, there was really a guy out there for 27 years in the woods, not a house, like living in the woods, watching people that were there camping. I'm getting a little freaked Three out. decades. That's a long time to be camping. Yeah. And so they finally arrested him because they but I bet him. I bet after 27 years, you could make your fort, like, real nice. Right? I mean, some I mean of, can you some imagine how many tents. flashlights and batteries he had? Well, probably just enough. <laughs> I mean, he had to use them every day. People right? only camp on the weekends, usually. Yeah. Cool, huh? Mm-hmm. I mean, weird. Uh, that's kind of a new life goal of mine. To be a hermit? Yeah. I don't think you would do very well. But, like, somewhere like Hawaii. <laughs> Living off of coconuts mm, mm-hmm, that I can't mm-hmm. eat. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well. You got any others? I got a couple. They're, they're not great. <laughs> um, so this one says, this, there's one about gators in the sewers, but that's like. Oh, that's, uh, yeah. There's just gators in the sewers, there's bro. There's just gators in the sewers. <laughs> um, there is one called the Polybius video game. Ooh, that's the thing in Portland. Uh huh. Well, yeah. According to the legend, the video game Polybius, mm-hmm. Pol- Polybius, Polybius, such a good spieler, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, was released for about a month in 1981, Portland, Oregon. The game was designed by the government to be a psychological experiment. Yeah. It functioned like a drug, and it gave its players seizures and nightmares. Government officials would come in and extract information about the players through the arcade machine. Though the game was almost certainly not real, there are a few video game-related happenings that probably spurn the legend. One was the game Tempest, which did cause epileptic reactions and motion sickness among some players when it was released in 81. Another was that the FBI agents did inspect an arcade game around the same time, investigating reports of gambling. Hmm. That's interesting. Interesting. Polybius. Polybius. Um, I remember hearing about that, like, as a kid, it was a, a big deal, like, because I was around when, like, the original, like, Ataris came out and things like that, um, but before that, we went to, our, we played arcade games, and I remember, I mean, even in my weird little tiny Kansas town, somehow that story and that urban legend, like, don't play the video games too long because they may make you crazy. Right. Or the government might be trying to, like, steal your brain. Your face will stick that way. Right. Weird. Whoa. I got another, like, Creeper Dude in the Woods story. Okay. I like Creeper Dudes in the Woods. Uh, Le, Le Loyon. Okay. Recently, the people of Switzerland began telling stories about a mysterious figure who walked through the... Maules Forest, M-A-U-L-E-S, Forest, wearing a camouflage and a gas mask. Can you imagine? Um, ew. Yeah. I For, don't like that. Yeah, just walking around with like a pon- like a, a poncho, camouflage poncho and a, and a gas mask. I do not like that at all. For, for 10 years, there was no evidence that this figure existed, just a few eyewitness accounts in the newspaper. According to those mm-hmm. accounts, he didn't show any signs of being dangerous or malicious, but he sure was creepy. With no concrete evidence of his existence, the figure maintained the realm of folklore. People began calling him the ghost of Maules. I don't know. Maules? Maules? Whatever. Or Le Leon. I don't. 
Mm. In 2013, though, his existence was proven when a pedestrian snapped this photo. You can click on it in this article. And boy, is that a creepy picture. Oh. I... Ugh. I am Hood super mask. not into that. And he's that. walking away from this photographer. He's not even, like, interested in what's going on. Ugh. Okay. The, like, I love scary stuff. You know that. Like, I'm super into scary stuff. I am not into real scary stuff. Okay. You want to know what's even scarier? Yeah. Ooh. A few months later, his gas mask and camouflage coat appeared <gasps> in the woods, along with a mysterious note hinting that he was harmless and could no longer stand being viewed as some kind of monster. Well, then why was he walking around wearing a gas mask randomly? Maybe it smells bad in Switzerland. It doesn't. I've been there. It smells like chocolate. It's wonderful. <laughs> it smells like chocolate. It smells like chocolate. It smells like chocolate. It smells like hopes and dreams. It smells like... We should do. Okay. We should do like a scary stories episode well i'm gonna tell you my most favorite of all of the urban legends right okay. now the hook the hook man oh so. from i know what you did last summer no but i bet that's probably where they created that character mm -hmm. so the hook is about a killer he has a pirate looking hook for a hand and the story is that he attacks a couple in a parked car um, the story is thought to date back to at least the 50s and gained a lot of attention because it was printed in the advice column, Dear Abby, in 1960. For what? Like, that's how far this urban legend went. Somebody was trying to get Dear, dating advice on... Dear Abby wasn't all about that. Like, Dear Abby was... Uh, it was an advice column, but it also was like a very pop culture relevant, like, thing. Oh, we should have her on the show. She's dead. She's dead. Are you just saying that because it's Halloween? No, I'm pretty sure Dear Abby's dead. I think. I mean, she was old when I was a kid. And then they see her walking the streets at night. <laughs> I don't think so. Dear Abby haunts um, Abbeville. Anyways, like generally, like I said earlier, the story is, is that two kids go out into the woods to go parking and they hear a creak. Oh, no thanks. Creak. Nope. That's a full nope. Or the alternate to that story is that the guy has to pee. So they're out in the woods. So he gets out of the car to go pee. And he doesn't come back. Where did he so, go? So the girl who's sitting in the car has to, you know, she's like, what am I going to do? And then all of a sudden she hears the creak. Oh, creak. gross. <laughs> and she gets out of the car to investigate. And Hookman kills her. As she looks up dying, she sees her boyfriend hung from a tree because Hookman killed him. What are you doing in the tree, Randy? He got hung from the tree by Hookman. The Hookman. And it's, this is true? No, not at all. I not thought even today, remotely. I thought it was no. true Urban Legend Day. No, it's to scare, it was to scare teenagers. I mean, there are like alternative stories that are like, oh, it kind of sounded a little bit like this. Like, I think there was something in like Texarkana or something that was very, very similar to it. But no, it was a story that somebody made up to scare teenagers from going out into the woods and necking. Making out. Well, as long as it's not Thanksgiving. We'll see you at Halloween. Ha ha ha. I can't turn <laughs> this stuff off with this mask on. This is Halloween. This is Halloween. This is Halloween. This is Halloween.